Welcome to the Grace Hill Podcast, a weekly podcast of our Sunday messages driven by our pastor. Grace Hill exists to bring God's biblical truth to your everyday life. As we begin this week's message, we invite you to open your Bibles and capture what God has in store for you today. We are going to uh, jump into this. This is the first time I'm preaching as your pastor. This is a... Uh, this is probably more pressure, I think, than the first time when it was like, you know what, if they don't like me, I just go back home, right? It's, it's no big deal. But that now you're kind of stuck with me. So hopefully it's not a letdown. Hopefully you're like, well, he was better last time. <laughs> it's always a possibility. I'm a realist. No, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time this morning. But, but I, I want to jump into, jump into this and, and get started so we don't take too much time just telling jokes to start things. So that would probably be best. I want to talk about building on a good foundation. We'll be talking over this for the next couple of weeks as we kind of plan for the future, but at the same time, we honor the past. Amen? I know for a fact that, that we are blessed to be at the church we're at because I know that we are building on a good foundation, and, and it is an honor to be able to say so, and that makes things very easy at night to go to bed and say, you know what? I don't have to wake up and deal with a million problems that I'm thinking that have to be fixed and corrected. We get to just move forward. So we're going to talk about building on a good foundation. You know, I haven't been a part of a lot of construction in my life. I've done some things. I've been a part of some building projects. And, and, and I know this just from what little experience I have is that the foundation is the most important part of a building, yet it gets the least amount of credit for what it does. We often, we walk on the foundation, we see the building and we ooh and awe over the building, and yet the foundation rarely gets the credit once the building is completed. You don't usually see people walking into a new home going, whoa, this foundation looks pretty nice, right? No, they're like, wow, look at the kitchen, look at the bathrooms, this is beautiful, right? It's the foundation that holds it, and the foundation allows the right things to be built upon it, but I don't have a lot of experience with construction. I did have a, a little bit of experience in our last church where we were going through a building project, and in this building project, I found that a lot of times people would ask me, when are we going to start building? I thought we said we we're going to start building, and I'm going, they've been doing dirt work for the last three weeks you just don't realize it. That's a part of construction. Yes, they're just moving dirt, but it is a part of construction. It is a part of making the building happen. And then they come in and they start digging these deep holes and pouring these piers so that there's more stability based on the weight of the building and the disbursement of where it's going to be so that the foundation is as solid as it can be. And people still go, when are you going to start building this building? And I'm going, we just, there's $130,000 of dirt work done. And and you're wondering when we're going to start building. We have spent a lot of money already. I don't know what you want from us, you know, that kind of thing. And, and going, the foundation is coming. And then finally, once the slab gets poured on top, they go, oh, so y'all started the foundation. And I'm going, we, we started six months ago on the foundation. I don't know what you want from us. The foundation is really important. I know when Lauren and I had our, the house that we just sold, and we actually closed on Friday, so we were officially homeless. Um, <sighs> Kinda. My grandparents live close enough that we'll, we'll live with them. It'll be good. But when we started this house, I remember thinking, when is this house ever going to get done? I'm going, man, this isn't happening. This is, forms get put up and I'm going, are they going to ever pour the foundation? And then they tell me, no, we have to saturate the dirt so that we know that it's not going to shift and move. You know, and all this, I'm learning all of these things and I'm going, you already put your forms up. And they're like, yeah, it's part of the process, you know, and then they finally pour the foundation and it's like, then construction takes off and they're like, no, we've been working for months on building your home. You just didn't like what you saw. 
because uh, it wasn't pretty. So as we've gone through, and Lauren and I have had a fun time trying to find a home, which we are under contract on a house, so we get to move here uh, in, in about a month. So we looked at 40 houses through this process. And uh, we put offers on, on three different homes and finally got under contract on one. We, uh, uh, we, we were, I'm sorry, four homes. Yeah, I'm forgetting that first one. But, uh, you know, this whole stuff. But we found that as we walked through so many different houses that the foundation uh, wasn't always great. So you would walk through one house and it was like climbing a hill and then like tumbling back down on the other side of the living room. And I mean, really, you went from one side and we saw the report. And they're like, well, we had the foundation done. And I'm going... No, you didn't. Somebody just stole money from you and dug holes in the ground. But literally on one corner, it was four inches low of center. On the other corner, it was center in the middle. And then you go back to the other corner and it was two and a half inches low. And I was going, I don't think we want to live here. This isn't good. And I found that, that as you start to look at it, doors don't open and shut, right? Windows are misplaced. Now cabinets just stay open. Because I found that the foundation being wrong can cause other things to be out of alignment when you build. And if the foundation's not right, it limits and restricts what you can build and how well it can stand and how strong it can be. The tallest building in the world is the Burj Khalifa. And I had the privilege of going to the Burj Khalifa in 2013. It is, it's in Dubai. And, and you get to go up to this, this part where you're not all the way to the top, but you're on the 120th floor looking out, which is higher than the observation deck at the Empire State Building. And you climb up and you go up in this elevator and it is remarkable. And then you turn around and look and realize there are still 40 floors above you, behind you, that you don't get to go to that part. And I'm going, man, that'd be great. But it's like billionaires live up there and so they don't let you just hang out with them. So, But this building is 2,716 and a half feet tall. That is monstrous. And the thing about it is, is those other buildings down below it are skyscrapers. This is just a monster of a building. And when you go to it, it, you look up and you think it looks so small in these pictures. It looks like it's this real thin little building just because of the magnitude and the size of the height. But it is massive. This thing is, is ginormous. In fact, uh, it has a few records that it holds. One, it is the tallest building. Two, it holds the record for the most floors of any building at 160 floors. It also holds the record for the longest operating elevator in the world. It is a very long elevator. When we went up to the 120th floor, it was absolutely crazy how long you were in an elevator for. And that, that one is just designated to go straight there. And it is super fast for what it is. It's like one of the fastest operating elevators, but it is still the longest. And so it still takes you about three minutes without any stops at super fast speeds to make it all the way up. It's incredible. This thing is huge. But, but here's the thing that stands out to me about the Burj Khalifa and it's this foundation. So they started excavation for the foundation in January of 2004. Now, obviously in Dubai, it's rather flat. So there wasn't a, a huge amount of excavation that needed to be done, but it still took them a month to get the dirt work and the site work done. They began building the foundation in February of 2004. They spent the next 13 months building the foundation. 13 months. There's 192 piers that are buried 164 feet deep. It's over 50 meters deep into the ground, 192 of them. When it was all said and done, they used almost 60,000 cubic yards of concrete, which weighs over 110,000 tons. 
just for the foundation. But without the time spent in the engineering work done to create such a foundation, the building would not be able to withstand any kind of high winds. It wouldn't be able to withstand any shift or shake of the ground. In fact, it would make it very hard for it to even hold the weight of the building in the first place. The foundation determines what can be built. Now, here in North Texas, we are used to dealing with high winds and and storms, right? So we know that the important thing that we have to have well here is a strong foundation to hold our homes, right? We need a good roof because we get a lot of hail and whatnot, but, but we have to have a solid foundation to build our homes on because if the foundation is faulty or shaky, we're going to have issues long term, right? We understand that. We see that. In this area, there's a lot of homes built in the 50s and 60s and 70s, and so it's easy to come across a home that has a a messed up foundation. In Texas, we say this a lot of times, there are homes that have had foundation repair, and then there's those that will need it, because that's just the way it is around here. So having the right foundation and having the foundation set is extremely important to make sure that we can build correctly. So today, let's jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 17. This was not just going to become like an engineering lesson on foundations, and some of you were starting to wonder, like, is there ever going to be a Bible verse of any kind? Yes, we were getting there. We were getting there. So let's jump into this, starting in verse 10. Uh, I, I think this is Uh, We're going to find Paul talking to the the church in Corinth, and I think this is so applicable for where we are as a church here at Grace Hill. I think this is is going to speak very much uh, to what we're walking into right now, and it says this, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though there's only one escaping through the flames." Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So we're going to start walking through this over the next couple of weeks with two part deal talking about the importance of building on a good foundation. How many of you know this? I, 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 I believe wholeheartedly that the best is yet to come. I'm going to say that all the time. You're going to get tired of hearing me say it. It'll become a part of, of our culture and our DNA, but the best is yet to come. But how many of you know that we cannot have a good future unless we start with a good foundation? And I am blessed to say that we are pastors at a church, Lauren and I, that get to come in and build on a good foundation. We are, are blessed to follow Michael and Tamara, and I know that the work that they've done was building a good foundation working hard to put in the, the right ideas and in, in the right culture and things that, that needed to be set in place in order for us to build the right way. I know that we're at a church that, that didn't, wasn't built on the personality of people and it wasn't built on the personality of the pastors, but, but they worked hard to make sure that the foundation of this church is Jesus Christ. They worked hard to make sure that, that, that the doctrine of this church was correct, that the theology was correct, that, that it wasn't this, this, this shaky doctrine that was wavering back and forth or moving with the trends of times, but that it was rock solid and that the foundation was, in fact, Jesus Christ. 
as I was preparing uh, for this, I was given a lot of thought to the pass of Grace Hill. And, and for 10 years now, as a church, it has stood to stand for the gospel. It has stood on the foundation of Jesus. There's been a lot of churches that have come and gone through Lake Highlands and East Dallas over the last 10 years since the beginning of this church. And as they came in with, with wavering doctrines and thoughts and ideas, and Pastor Michael and I have had several conversations about some of the churches that have come and gone and how quickly they come up and they go. But if they weren't built on the right foundation, it can't stand, it can't last. But, but praise God, we are at a church built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So you see in the Corinthian church, Paul is having to correct some, some misguided affection, so to speak. So he's dealing with people in the church right now that, that in, this, in this time where, where they were praising either Paul or they were praising Apollos, who was kind of the pastor of the church at that time. Some were even praising Peter for the work that he had done within the church. And he's saying, listen, you are misplacing uh, your, your, your affection for the wrong thing. You, you are placing your affection on a person and not on the foundation that has already been laid. He says, nobody can come in behind this and lay a new foundation because the foundation that has been laid is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation and the only foundation in which it can be built on. Anything apart from this will be faulty. He's saying, so if you're placing your, your, the person that you admire as the foundation, you're going to be in a world of hurt. You're going to be in a world of struggle long term. So as a church, he's saying, listen, as you build, don't put your trust in the man or the woman in charge of the person leading, but rather make sure that your foundation as a church, as a body, and that's what he's speaking directly to here in Corinthians, is the building of the church. He says, make sure that you are not praising the person over Jesus Christ. Make Making sure that Jesus is the foundation that is being laid. And I've seen this in so many different churches and so many places that, that they will grow rapidly and then fizzle out quickly because they place their trust in a person, a style, or a culture of an area and not in the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then you see those churches maybe grow up, they blow up real big, and they get, they get huge in a hurry, and all of a sudden, the doors shut and close down because it was hinging on one person. And then when that one person had a failure or let them down, the church begins to dissipate beneath him. I think back to years ago, and now this is, I was a very small child, but I think back to uh, the, the 80s, the late 80s, early 90s, and there was the rock over in Rockwall, which is now, uh, uh, you know, uh, late, late, point. There it is. I got there. They bought the building. They moved into that location. But, but I remember thinking that that church was incredible. And my dad was pastoring in small town, Saxe, Texas in those days. And he's, you know, he's praying. He's like, God, why can't we be like that church? Why can't we be like that church? And my dad said, he remembered distinctly in a moment when God said, if you keep Jesus at the center, you will still be a church when that church collapses. My dad was going, what in the world are you talking about, God? This is an incredible church. And sure enough, the pastor of the rock had this moral failure and the church began to collapse and crumble beneath it because it was built on one man and not on the central foundation of Jesus Christ. I promise you this, that I will work hard to make sure that the foundation of this church always is Jesus Christ. I give you my promise today as your pastor that we will move forward only with Jesus as the foundation. Anything else we build, we'll make sure and we will weigh it against the foundation that we're building on. We will make sure that everything we do going forward is built on Jesus Christ as the central foundation of everything we do. That is my promise to you. Lauren and I will work hard. 
we will give you all that we have to make sure that everything we do is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I'll say this though, as far as this, this scripture is, is concerned personally, this passage clearly is talking about the building of a church, but I think there's, there's some clear personal applications that we can take from this, right? It's easy for us to look at that and go, good, we're talking about the church. We're not talking about me personally today. Well, guess what? Pulling a 180 on you. It's easy for us to listen to these kind of things and go, well, yeah, we need to work hard to build church. But my question is, personally, what are we ha- what is our foundation in our life? What is it that we're building on in our own personal lives? Because you see, building on the right foundation personally is so crucial to everything else about our lives. It's crucial to, to everything in our homes. And so one of the things that, that, that I try to do and try to preach all the time in our house is that Jesus is the central theme of our home. Jesus is the central theme of our life. So my question is, what are you building on in your world? You see, it's, it's, it's easy for us to, to misplace our affections and our desires. It's easy for us to say, you know what, I'm, you know, it's to start building towards wealth. It's easy for us to start building on the idea of, of power or the corner office. It's easy for us to build on relationships that will be faulty in the future. And so my question is, truly, what is the foundation you're building on? What is the foundation in your life? See, it's easy for us to make it appear one way and to look one way. We can look good in pictures. It's just like a lot of the houses Lauren and I saw over the last few weeks that that we saw a lot of homes that looked awesome. In fact, we saw one home that we said, okay, if this is in a great neighborhood, this is it. Then we walk into the house, and I'm not making this up. You couldn't even shut the bathroom door. And I'm going, that really takes away from the privacy aspect of using the restroom. It would not shut. Not, not just not latch. You couldn't get it shut. And I'm going, this is not... My realtor goes, don't, don't buy this house. I'm, as a friend, don't buy this house. And I said, you got it. And we left. And a little disheartened because it was beautiful. Except you couldn't shut doors. You see, that, that's what happens is you begin to build on the wrong things. If the foundation isn't right... Things don't work. They look good in pictures. They did a great lipstick job on the, on the whole house where they, they painted the cabinets and they painted the walls. They changed the floors. And then you go in and you go, this thing's a mess. I think we do the same thing in our own lives, don't we? Everything looks wonderful on Instagram and Facebook. And by the way, just side note, just you need to know this about me. You're never going to find me posting anything on any social media. I'm lame. I'm not your typical 33-year-old that's posting all the time. So just FYI, if you have friended me on Facebook, I apologize that I haven't accepted. Uh, Just throwing it out there. Back, Back on track. But we do that, don't we, where it's easy for us to take pictures in the highlights of our day, the best moments, and we throw that out there and we're like, man, look how great this is. Didn't we have an awesome time? Or it's a funny thing and everybody's like, oh, their life is wonderful. It's awesome. But if you really get into it, sometimes you find quickly that things aren't as they appear. And if you begin to observe, sometimes you go, man, something's not right with the foundation. It's not always. We go through hard times, all of us do. But a lot of times you find that the foundation is the issue. That maybe we were built on the, the approval of others. Maybe we were built on the applause of people. Or, or, or our, our satisfaction is, comes from the, the, the number of likes or comments we get on a picture or video or post that we make on social media. And that is where our, our worth is found. Because we've misplaced our foundation. 
the first thing today is that we have to build on the right foundation. And the only foundation we can build on is Jesus Christ. The foundation you build on in private will be revealed by the pressures of life in the public eye. The foundation we build on, we build in the private, will be revealed to the pressures of life in the public eye. We can try to fake it. We can try to act like our foundation is right. We can try to act like Jesus is the central theme. But ultimately, when the pressures of life come, it'll either begin to crack and crumble beneath us or to reveal itself as a right foundation. Jesus can't be an afterthought. We can't just hang a picture of Jesus on our wall and expect that to be strong enough to hold everything together. He can't just be a part of the decor. He has to be the foundation. He has to be the foundation. Acts 4.12 tells us this. It says, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. By which we must be saved. That is it. That is the only foundation in which we can be saved on. No other name has the ability to do so. No other name has the ability to bring salvation. Jesus Christ alone is the foundation we can build on. So let's continue. Paul jumps in at verse 12, and, and we'll, keep, we'll keep rolling today through this as I watch my time a little bit. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. The second thing is you have to build with the right materials. We've established the foundation, right? The foundation is Jesus Christ. It has to be correct. It has to be the the foundation in which we build on. But beyond that, what we build with has to be the right materials. And if you notice, Paul uses a couple of different types of materials. He uses gold, silver, and in, in these, in these precious stones, right? Those would be the costly, you know, beautiful things. And then he has hay and wood and, and, and cheap looking materials, things that, that would burn up easily. I, I don't want to try to build a straw house. I saw how it worked out for the little pigs, right? And I'm going, this is not what I want to build with. This isn't the materials that that I'm hoping to have. So you have, you have the good materials, they're permanent. While the cheap materials are passing and they're temporary. Good materials are beautiful. In fact, we even use them for jewelry or to make a statement, to draw attention. The cheap materials are ordinary, possibly even ugly to build with. I don't know how good a straw house looks, but I wouldn't imagine it looks great. The good materials are valuable. The cheap materials are just that cheap and easy to obtain. The good materials are hard to obtain. The cheap materials can be found or purchased anywhere. Let me ask you this question. So if, if somebody was to come to you and say, no budget whatsoever, I want you to build a home, I'm paying for it, doesn't even matter. Are you going to choose to build with cheap materials or are you going to say, okay, no budget, you're serious, I can do whatever I want? And they're like, whatever you want, I don't even care. You could go as big as you want. You can build on whatever land you want. You can do it absolutely whatever you want. There is zero budget. You know, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have got together to fund this for you, okay? So we're talking the two wealthiest people in the world and they're going, listen, we're willing to sink everything into your home. We don't even care. You've got roughly, you know, $160 billion to work with right now. And you go, 
I think we can make that work, right? Are you going to choose to work with, with cheap materials or are you going to choose to use the absolute best of the best of the best? I, I would venture to say, I would guess, I don't know all of you very well yet, but I would guess that you're probably going to choose the nicer of the materials. Even if you go, well, I'm a minimalist, right? I want it real clean. It's great, right? You can spend a lot of money being minimalist. It's amazing. I don't get it, but it's, you know, you could do it. You can be like, man, that looks like no thought went into it. And you spent how much on that? Right? You're going to choose the absolute best materials, right? You're going to choose to say, okay, I want my bathroom to look this way. I want this tile imported from Italy and I want it to be hand cut and I want the guy to cut them here in front of me from Italy. I want them to set up shop on the property. They're going to make the tile here. I want to know that I know that it's the best, but all the materials have to come from Italy. You're going to do that. You could do that. You're going to be like, all right, sure, whatever. And then you can be like, I want these faucets, but they need to be handmade right now. Uh, again, you know, like whatever, you know, it's just, I'm not just going to go to the store and buy it. I want it to be this custom all, all the way. You could do whatever you want because you have it funded fully and you have the ability to choose the absolute best materials. It's seen the same way in our lives, depending on how much we want to work and build with, we have the choice in our homes and our lives to build our world, our lives with the absolute best materials. Yet so often we choose to pick up the easy and the ordinary and say, okay, we'll just build with this for this week. See, when it comes to building the walls in our homes and building the walls in our lives and even the building the walls in this church as a church family moving forward, it is easy for us to pick up what is easily obtained. It's easy for us along the journey to go, you know what, that works. We can pick that up. And over time, what happens is we begin to pick up weak doctrine or weak ideas or weak theology and, and our, our, our walk with Christ just gets weaker because we are not founded on the truths that, that come from the word of God. And here's what, what are the good materials, right? What is it that we should be building with? I think Proverbs 3 sums it up very well. It said, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. This proverb is speaking directly to the words of God, right? Wisdom comes from the word of God. Our walls of our homes, the walls of our church, the walls in our families need to be built with the word of God. Only in the word of God will we find the true wisdom of God. Only in the word of God do we find the true wisdom that comes from the Lord so that we can then apply and in turn build our world and build our lives and build our families in such a way that that it glorifies God so that when we go through the fires, we come out without losing anything and we gain the reward on the other side because we built with the good materials. I think Paul's very uh, specific and intentional in his wording of, of gold, silver, and precious stones because he is aware of and would know the Proverbs, right? He sees it and says, listen, this is what you build with. You build with the wisdom of God. You walk according to the wisdom of God. And it's easy for us to go, you know what? That's much easier for me to swallow. I heard a guy one time talking about it as a theological discussion and conversation. And he said he chose to believe a certain way because he found it to be more palatable. And I was going, so essentially you're choosing to believe something because it is less offensive to others when it is contrary to the word of God. And it kind of, 
took me back a little bit because I've known him for a long time and we grew up together and I was going, what in the world are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. So we can't waver and choose to build on things because it's easy. Sometimes the good materials are hard to find. To find gold, silver, and precious stones, they don't just lay them out on the side of the road and say, hey, come pick these up. To find it, you have to dig for it. Or you have to work hard enough to be able to, to purchase the precious materials and the good materials. See, building the walls the right way is not an easy thing. It is something you have to be intentional, you have to be focused on, and you have to be determined to do. You have to be determined to make that happen. I would say this. This is, this is Paul, then, then he comes back at the end, and, and he, he talks about the idea that each one of us are the temple of God. And, and here's what he says in verse 16. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Here's what he's saying. He's saying each one of us plays a part in this. When it comes to building the church, when it comes to building Grace Hill, each one of us has a role. We have a responsibility. I can't do it on my own. Lauren and I can't make it happen by ourselves. Lauren, Chris, and I, we can't do it all on our own. You couldn't bring in all the staff and just say, okay, all of us are the only ones that are going to be doing the work. The rest of y'all just come sit and enjoy and and, and relax. Like, seriously, don't do that. Like, that would be really, that would be not good for us. Uh, Each one of us plays a part. Each one of us has a role and a responsibility. And what Paul is essentially saying is what you build into your life is what you're going to essentially in turn build into the church. So as you're building daily in your world and building daily in your life, think in the moment of, okay, does this add to or take away from the body of Christ? Because it's much bigger than just us individually. We have to get our minds off of a selfish mindset and away from that and say, my actions matter to the kingdom of God because what I build into my life, I in turn build into the church. And Paul's saying, each one of you are the temple of God. And this is a heavy responsibility. It's a huge responsibility because it says, God says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, which almost puts it back on us to say, okay, we better not destroy ourselves or God is going to not be pleased with the actions that we've made and the choices that we've made. And he's going to say, don't do that. You are the temple of God. The spirit dwells within us. So what you build into your life, you essentially build into the church. So the materials you choose to build with matter. So where do we go from here? What does this look like in our world? It's incredible what can be built if the foundation is right. It's incredible. But the foundation has to match what you're trying to build. Foundation has to be, uh, you couldn't take a pier and beam foundation for a home here in the Lake Highlands, East Dallas area, and expect to build the Burj Khalifa on it. It would never work. The foundation determines how big and how strong something can be. What materials are you building with? What are you trying to build with in your home? Are you hoping that it just builds itself? Are we going through this just kind of on a whim saying, well, hopefully they, you know, the, the home's built with good stuff. 
Or are you working and being intentional to make sure that we're building our homes with good materials, building our lives with good materials, building this church with the right materials, building on the wisdom found in the word of God? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Grace Hill is always about knowing God and growing in God, and we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or a question, you can email us at info at gracehill.cc.